Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 104 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, coming to you live from the car park of a multinational fast food place that doesn't have a password on their Wi-Fi. I'm Dr. <laughs> Robbie Anderton. and I am joined down the line on the internet with the man who is... Uh, uh, about to be, uh, I believe you're halfway through your new book. It's called How to Tell Your Cat You're Not Leaving the House for Another Six Friggin' Months. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, 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 Robbie. I've got plenty of time to go through the book too. i tell you what. It's yeah? A, it's a different world, isn't it, mate? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's well, I, I'm sure dogs and cats are loving having their owners at home, you know, to, uh, so everyone knows we are in, we are in social isolation, aren't we, over the airwaves? Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in said multinational uh, takeaway food giant um, car park in Clayton, and uh, you're in the in the pod cave proper. But we're we're FaceTiming, so we're, while we're doing it over the phone, we actually get to see each other, which is a uh, a little bit weird. I'm just hoping that people don't start peering through the. Uh, oh, hi, mate. Hi. I'm just hoping people don't waves. start peering through the uh, through the window, going, "Hang on, what's he talking to his computer for? He's having a little uh, a little rendezvous out in the uh, out in the car park." <laughs> well, maybe check check the cars around you, mate. Are they uh, they might also be podcasting. Might be the meetup session. Don't get too close. No, no. At the moment, I've, I've tried to tuck myself as close to the uh, to the building to try and get the best Wi-Fi signal as I can, <laughs> while uh, trying to keep myself away from uh, prying eyes, Lewis. It looks like you just. It looks like oh, yeah. you're just slowly going through the, the drive-through, mate. Is that right? Just uh, just oh, free very, very free wheeling yeah. through because that's the closest you can get. It's a good idea. If I if I need to uh, if I need to pause for a little bit, it's because my my uh, generic. Uh, Hang on, mate. We just, just, are you there, mate? Can you hear me? Yeah, you just sort of, I don't know, making a bit of noise. You've gone a bit down in level. I don't know what happened. Hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, yeah. It sort of was ruffling. Maybe it got caught in your, uh, in your undies or something. It might have done. Yeah, I've, I've taken my undies off the actual, uh, <laughs> uh, off the computer. So, so. That's better. Yeah, right. Any, anyone that's walking past now, they'll, they'll see that the undies aren't actually on the computer. Right. Um, yeah, interestingly, the car park where I'm actually recording this from, it actually used to be a vet clinic. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, it's not the Temple, yeah. Templestow one, is it? Templestow? Nah, no, not Templestow. No, one in Clayton. No, um, right. There you go. So, it, interestingly, uh, how you're talking about the. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, world's been affected by COVID. Yeah, everyone knows that. Um, but we saw a meme um, come through that Christina showed me the other day of uh, uh, what it, uh, I think the meme was something like um, uh, the way it feels like at the moment with my pet now that I'm at home home isolation. So there was a mum penguin walking around and a little baby penguin just following around behind it. And you look down and there's Rosie just sitting there just just following us around like she just will not <laughs> leave us alone while we're stuck in the uh, you know stuck in the house. Oh, oh, so, oh, I saw I saw a similar one that was uh, was a picture of a dog in the kitchen and the, and the yep. uh, and the family uh, family uh, the owners in the kitchen sort of looking at the dog and the dog's on the very top of the kitchen cupboard saying I'm not right. I, I'm not coming down from you I've already been walked twenty times today. You know, so just sort of, sort of, sort of like you know, the families, families at home, everyone's at home. We're all taking the dog for a walk. And my brother mentioned that as well. That his his dog Wally, he's uh, he's just had enough. He's like every time someone goes near him, he's just running off under the table because he's worried he's going to have to go for another walk again. He's had enough. So, mate, times are changing. Things are things are certainly changing quickly since we last recorded. What's happening at work now for you? Yeah, so uh, my my grand plans of being on annual leave for two weeks has been uh, completely torn asunder. Yep. Um, I had uh, I had three three days off, and um, with everything that's been going on at the clinic, I I just couldn't relax, and so I'd, I've ended up going back to work these last couple of days. But what we've tried to do, like in the this weird old COVID world, we've tried to go the um, like instituting ways of trying to not only help to protect the community and the clients, but also the staff, but also to try and have 
a plan for that if someone does test positive uh, to COVID, that then we don't have the entire team wiped out. So we've gone for, we've sort of done gone two steps at once in that we're doing the, the modified clinical service in that we're, no clients are coming into the coming into the clinic. Yep. Um, we go out into the car park, get the animal, um, bring them into the into the clinic to examine them, and then take them back out to the owner again. So then that way we're cutting down the time that we're actually got contact with the owners. Um, Perfect. Yep. But we've also done it as a uh, a team A and B approach where. Uh, we split the team into into two separate cohorts, so it means that you're know, both the vets and nurses. So it means that we've kind of got the protection there. So we're still reducing down the contacts that the client, uh, that the staff are having uh, amongst each other. Um, so you know, again, trying to reduce down our uh, exposure to risk for the staff, and also as a as an insurance that if well somebody does get sick and then half the workforce gets um, gets put into isolation, well then we can still uh, operate some way so that's been that's been what we've tried doing this last week but my goodness you know like the, it, it, the the clients have been really good you know and understanding because so many things have happened in so many different industries i think people are just really happy lewis that we're actually still open but um you know there's um it's it's been pretty tough on the staff that's for sure yeah right yeah well, uh, similar sort of thing mate I've been, i am on holidays so and i haven't had to go in but sort of been helping a little bit from a distance just uh across the messages and the email and that sort of thing you know we we went to yeah no clients in the building uh this week as well i think we might be a week behind you um yeah and uh you know geez it, it, it was a a big effort to get there, um, to get everyone sort of on board. We we don't have the staff to go to the two two sort of team situation, which makes it really difficult. I think if someone gets it, I, I really don't know what happens. And I mean, um, you know, I suppose, yeah, I, I don't know what happens. I guess it'll knock out the whole clinic for two weeks. I, I, I don't really know, and I, I just hope it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I think certainly from what I've been hearing, what what was happening, um, you know, for those who aren't sort of in Australia, I suppose we're on we're on what's called stage three, aren't we? So it's really you know only go out of the home just for essential services, um, and vets are considered an essential service, um, so we are still open. Um, but certainly trying to restrict how much, uh, you know, pets are coming into the clinic. So, you know, maybe your you, you standard every three-month anal gland uh, um, anal gland squeeze at the vet might get put off if your pet hasn't got any symptoms and it doesn't seem to be an issue. Or that toenail trim that, that can wait, you know, another month or so, we might just hold off on that. Those sorts of things, are anything that's that's fairly routine and um, we, 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 we're certainly trying to, to put those off as much as possible and also decrease increasing the amount of surgeries that we're doing if we can just because we're we're going we know we're going to run short of um, PPE personal protective equipment so yeah I think the other tough part for us as well as uh, which I'm sure with a lot of clinics is whenever you're trying to institute these um, these changes and these these different things it uh, you know we, we've all got pretty good at working efficiently in the way that we work you know um, and that's different for different clinics and you know you've got different situations but um, at the moment that's all just been sort of torn asunder and so you know your, your ability of being able to smash through a, um, a, a surgery list is is really compromised because suddenly you know we've got we've got more phone calls coming through now than what we've ever had before wow. you know and and it's not it's not necessarily that we're getting absolutely um you know that that means that we're seeing lots more consults but it's just that we're dealing with more phone calls because people are worried people want to try and make sure they've got the right medication people are letting us know that they're in the car park people are ringing up to pay for medications so you know, when the phone rings, somebody needs to be able to answer it. So, yeah. you know, if those pair of hands that are answering the phone and operating the, the computer, then they can't be holding an animal. So there's there's been a lot of, like, so we, we've really tried to lighten off with surgeries um, this week while we're trying to find our feet and work out what we're doing. And, um, like, this week we went from having... I um, split days and doing a full wipe down of the entire clinic before one team goes and the yep. other team comes yep. in. Um, we sort of found that that was pretty inefficient because it meant that um, by the time you're trying to do handover and all that sort of stuff, it was just a nightmare. So what we're doing is we're, as of next week, we're moving to um, each team doing a full day. So so yeah. it means that we're not going to have to worry about doing the, the clean down between teams in the middle of the day. Yeah, so, right. yep. um, 
So, and and so that's again a commitment that the staff have to make because it means that then everyone's working longer shifts, and um, you know, so it's pretty it's pretty tough, but. Um, that's what we're doing in order to try and keep the keep the doors open and and keep being able to provide the service that people are people are wanting from us. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, that um, certainly before I went on holidays, everyone was very appreciative that we were still open and and uh, and really understood. I think that uh, that um, you know we we are trying our best to provide a service and keep keep animals as well as possible. It's interesting. We uh, we're on a strip um, like on a on a main drag in uh, in Port Melbourne at the Port Melbourne Clinic. And, uh, and so we don't have a lot of parking space. So the, the streets are pretty deserted. Bay Street up in Port Melbourne, the main street's very deserted. There's no, no one yeah. really around on, on the weekday. So I thought I'll get onto the council and see if they can just actually temporarily put a couple of bollards out the front with two car parks. So people yeah. can come in, park their car, you know, give the pet to us, go, we go indoors, we can ring them in their car, you know, et cetera, for the consult. Do you think that the Port Phillip Council was uh, understanding of the situation in the initial uh, response? You know what, Lewis, I'm going to go out on a limb here and take it from the tone of your voice that maybe they were a typical council and they were pricked. <laughs> it was, it was horrible. It was, it was literally came back. The guy came back and I don't know. He was like, well, if an owner chooses to come to your vet clinic in a car, that's their choice. And I understand that you've changed now to an appointment system and something that was totally relevant. I don't know where he got it from. And I just thought, yeah, I'm not so sure that it's a choice really for the, the animals that we're seeing. So I did write a little bit more of an in-depth email explaining the situation back and I haven't heard yet. So fingers crossed, uh, Port Phillip Council, if you're listening, it would be really great if you could just just uh, just come along a little bit with us and, and try and support the, an essential service in the community. Well, and the reality is, is that no one's going to be parking in those places in yep. order to be going to the myriad of cafes and things like that that are along that street because they're all shut. Exactly. So, you no, know. No, no one's parking for their hour to go to their gym or their nail appointment or their Chinese massage, although they might be doing a Reiki Chinese massage now. I'm not sure, but you know, no, one's, well, no one's parking there for that. I was actually wondering that, mate, whether or not the, the Reiki therapists are actually able to do it down the line or over FaceTime, uh, whether or not they can you, – you can just put your body part up against the computer screen <laughs> where your, your Reiki therapist has their hands and that the, 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 the meridians are able to travel through the phone line, through the, through the screen and into the, the body part that requires the, um, the, the therapy. I'm just – I mean, I haven't seen any papers on it, Lewis. I'll be honest with you. I'm a bit disappointed that all the uh, medical medical journals seem to be full of COVID stuff and nothing actually to uh, what sort of different ways um, certain alternative therapies can be provided on a telemedicine um, or a, a tele-Eastern medicine, if you will, kind of standpoint. <laughs> I'm sensing a, a bit of scepticism there of the, the Reiki therapy, mate. Are you, are, you, are you inferring that it doesn't matter whether you're in the room or you're in your... Uh... You're in uh, China or wherever. Well, maybe not China. Lewis, I hope that's not the way that it came across because that's certainly not what I was <laughs> hoping to try and uh, hoping to try and go because you know, our, our solicitors are, are not going to be working at the moment either because of COVID. So, yeah, you know, we've already used up all of our credits after the Cat Lovers show. So we need to be, <laughs> Ron, we need to be very I wonder how Ron's coping in, in this certain environment. Anyway, speaking of sponsors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, sponsors. Um, you know, Zilkeen are great, aren't they? Fantastic. They're, they're a great. Have, have you got a chapter dedicated to them in how to tell your cat that you stuck around the house for six months? Uh, uh, book that's coming out, mate. Well, I tell you what, though, Zilkeen will be a big use when uh, when everyone starts going back to work. I reckon that's that's a big time <laughs> that you'll need it when all those dogs and cats are used to having us home for you know who knows three months, six months, and then suddenly we're gone. We're back at work. And then the, the dog and cats are going to get some separation anxiety. So great time to bring in a bit of Zilkeen. You know, certainly probably a bit early stages now. But actually, if, if you, your animals does seem a bit anxious with you being home all the time, and certainly I noticed with Olive, I reckon, uh, getting harassed by the girls all day, she's like, yes. I, just, I just need my 21 hours of sleep. And here I've yes. got, here I've got uh, the, the kids chasing me around all the time, wanting cuddles and pats and wake up and check out this. I actually, oh, heard, yeah. I actually heard her give a bit of a hiss to Stella the other day, and I went, "Ooh, oh, okay." Shot across the bow. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, that's that's." You have to push Olive pretty hard, or take her to the yeah. vet clinic, 
to get a hiss yes, out of yeah. her. <laughs> you don't have to push her that hard when she's at the vet clinic, I've heard. No, not at all. No, no, that's, no. A, that's a standard at the vet clinic. Yeah, my word. So, and and it's, it's interesting you bring that up. One thing I might um, get you to uh, come up with, maybe um, maybe not on this episode, but maybe in a subsequent episode, um, particularly for people that are getting puppies at this time where, where we're in the the world of COVID-19, but also try uh, on how to try and help those puppies out, get used to the fact that as they're older, then their humans aren't going to be there because, you know, they're probably used to a lot more people, kids and family being around um, and how how to best uh, sort that out. That might be a, a topic for another day, mate. Well, that's a big issue, I think, and linked with that as well is how do you socialise a puppy? And I've got an article a bit later on about adoptions and how they, they have certainly skyrocketed in this time. So right. we'll get on to that in a little while. But also thank you to Delicate Care. Yes. Uh, Aussie, Aussie made food. Aussie, Aussie produced over in WA. All the borders are shut. I hope they can still import to Victoria. Oof. Hopefully. Oof. Hopefully, because we're getting some stuff for the renovation in over from Perth. So hopefully they were still still going to be able to get it. They can put it in the same truck as the Delicate Care, Lewis. Oh, hopefully. you are getting a like a Delicate Care wrap for the house, are you, mate? Is that what, is that what you're getting across? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, it's actually going to be one of those big um, transfers that yeah. you put on a window. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. I mean, it's, a, it's a see-through one, like what you get on the buses. Fantastic. Um, I think I think I think our, our friend from Delicate Care, Andre, has got that organised. So that'd, that'd be that'd be awesome. Well, well, I hope it doesn't get held up, mate. That'd be that sounds fantastic. Or maybe you could do a. Uh... A bit of a, a a wallpaper in the bathroom, nice, uh, made out of the the pack, the delicate care packets. Yeah, well, we could do. We could do of all the different varieties, of which there's many. Yeah, there's um, there's uh, dental, skin and stomach, skin and stomach in cats as well. But I started a cat on that today, Lewis, a cat that um, we suspect has got a, a food based allergy. Yep. So we're starting that on the uh, on the sensitive. Uh, the, the skin and stomach diet. So that's got, uh, what is it, duck and kangaroo that's in that diet, I believe. That's so very a nice good. novel protein diet. Yeah. Um, Mobility support for dogs, weight management for dogs, um, cognitive support, the cat skin and stomach that, uh, that we're talking about, the dental, the cat dental's coming soon. My cats are still absolutely uh, losing their proverbial over the dental diet. Lewis, I don't think they're going to be happy when uh, it's out for general population because they might be worried that they're not going to get enough themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And also a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we've got a little special something for them, haven't we? An, an actual something, Lewis. It's going to be terrific. <laughs> so we, we recorded, uh, last week we did the uh, the collaboration episode with worldwide uh, veterinary industry colleagues um, who actually have had a little bit of update since that episode that uh, that in two of the clinics of, uh, of, of uh, in the States, um, they've actually had a, a positive test uh, of one of the staff in in one in in two clinics, so it's really hitting home in a major way um, over in the states. But but we so we had another episode that we were going to line up with that one episode one hundred and three, sort of part two. So we're going to put that onto Patreon, aren't we? The whole the whole episode on for the Patreon subscribers. So if you'd like to have a listen to some. Um what was incredibly up-to-date information uh, when you recorded it. Um, just head to Patreon, search for Two Vets Talk Pets. Uh, you know, sign up sign up for as little as $2 a month, Lewis, and you can get access to uh, to that bonus episode. Fantastic, fantastic. Excellent, mate. Now, you got anything in the news for us? Uh, well... Yes, you know, so yeah, because it's been a little while, there has been some um, developments in the world of uh, animals testing positive to COVID. I think the last time when we spoke was when uh, it was only the two dogs, so the the eighteen year old Pomeranian uh, from uh, from Hong Kong that tested positive, um, and the younger German Shepherd that tested positive. Yes. Um, that, that I believe still there's well, certainly been no further information in regards to the other dog and cats that were from that household that the German Shepherd tested positive. Nothing's come out that those other animals are. And I, I read an interesting thing, Lewis, and I think the, the reason why they've got the positive test in Hong Kong is um, – because Hong Kong are doing the the, the one the one medicine approach, um, you know they're sort of dealing with every uh, the disease as a, as how it affects all species. Because they're able to or they've isolated um, or put into isolation the pets of owners with COVID, it actually means that then they've been able to test all these animals. But you know still if they're doing that, if they're testing all those animals, it still only means that they've had 
two dogs and now one cat that's tested positive for um, for COVID. Um, and there's also been a cat that's tested positive uh, in Belgium last week as well. Yeah, yeah, there has the Belgian one. I'm not really so, so sure on that one. That was uh, is a it seems to be a lack of information that's come out about that one. I think it was from the vomit of the cat. So they're not sure yeah, if it was environmental contamination or whether it was truly an, a cat that that uh, that had the COVID nineteen in uh, as an infection itself. So but, there was a real distinct lack of information with that yeah, one. Very like, odd. They came out and said that it was there, um, but then nothing else really. So there was a, a bit of a flurry in amongst the vet. We were going, "Oh my goodness, it tested positive in cats!" Um, and because I, uh, from uh, from what I've read, it sounds as though there was uh, that cats were and and ferrets were susceptible to SARS when it was um, around um, a decade or so ago. So they're certainly keeping a very close eye on those species, given that there is a chance that these uh, that this virus could. Um, um, infect those um, those animals, but um, yeah, it was, it was only in the last couple of days about this cat in um, in Hong Kong that tested positive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there hasn't been much. I think that was the first of April, and we're on the third of April now. Actually, so yeah. my wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary, Deb. Oh, happy anniversary to you guys! Are you are you going anywhere or doing anything special? Yeah, in our, in our memories, we're going going to go out for a nice dinner. Just uh, going just, for a walk down memory memory that, lane. That's right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but, or if you are going for a walk somewhere, just make sure you don't stop and reminisce, because that's when the police can give you a fine. As long as you're walking and reminiscing, you're fine. And and keeping one and a half meters apart, so no canoodling, you reckon? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's got to be hard on the honeymooners, isn't it? You know, like they've uh, you know, they've had their weddings cut down to only being allowed to have five people, and they've got to try and keep one and a half meters apart. You know, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be pretty tough. You know, yeah. for a, a wedding night. Maybe that maybe there's special dispensation. I haven't heard Scomo saying anything about that, Lewis. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about the cat in Hong Kong. Well, yeah. So the, I mean, the cat in Hong Kong. There's not much more information about that. I think it's tested uh, tested on its oral, nasal, and rectal samples were all positive. Um, and I don't think we've got um, we've got much more than that. So there's two dogs and one cat. Um, there's certainly some mention that uh, one of the large uh, uh, biomedical companies, or laboratory companies around the world, have tested uh, a lot of uh, I think it might be thousands of cats and dogs for COVID nineteen, and they've all yeah. come up as negative. But there's a bit of an issue there. I'm not sure that they honed in on on places that uh, that had a positive human COVID-19 owner and then yeah. they tested the pets of that. So there's a little bit of conjecture about that. Is that really a true, you know, look at look at, um, at, at whether there is infection? So at this stage, I mean, it's still really, you know, uh, simple guidelines. I guess you mentioned ferrets and there is yeah. a little bit of stuff in ferrets and I do know the CSIRO is using ferrets as a model for testing for a vaccine for COVID-19. So CSIRO is based down in Geelong. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously looking for a vaccine. Um, and uh, and so there is a little bit of stuff saying, you know, certainly they find that ferrets is a very good model for the COVID-19. So they do show symptoms and it is respiratory symptoms. Um, so I guess, you know, if you do own ferrets and somebody in your household becomes positive for COVID-19, then they really should limit their exposure um, to, to, to their ferret, uh, minimise their contact, maintain good hygiene um, you know, before and after, after handling them and their food, uh, their food bowls, their water bowls. Um, and yeah. if, if, people, if possible, people are sick or under medical attention for COVID-19, should avoid close contact with pet ferrets and have another member of the household care for the parrots. Parrots? Yep. The ferrets? The ferrets. All ferrets carers in potentially infected households should maintain good hygiene practices and minimise contact with ferrets during this time. So also, I suppose, a shout out to vets who are listening. Uh, look, got a lot of vets who listen to the podcast. If you are seeing ferrets, really, really important to, uh, to well, interrogate or ask the owner, is there anyone yes. in the household that's COVID-19 positive? Is there a chance that the ferret could have had you know, contact with them um, and wearing appropriate PPE? when you are handling or um, or doing anything with ferrets. As far as for the general public, though, if if you came across a ferret in some way and there's no link between you and COVID-19 or the ferret hasn't been in, in contact with anybody, there's no known proof at all that a ferret, if you touch a ferret that is otherwise in a normal environment, uh, will give you COVID-19. That's really important to get that out there as well. 
I think there's more of a risk that if you um, you know, were in the world and you saw a ferret and you went and touched it, there's more of a chance that the ferret's going to bite you. <laughs> yes. uh, oh, more, and, much and more of a chance. And, and that after the ferret has bitten you, that then you're going to have to go and line up at the hospital in order to try and get a penicillin shot in the bum. Yeah, exactly, and a rabies, a rabies injection. <laughs> you know, so, rabies. And a tetanus not shot, a rabies tetanus. tetanus, not rabies tetanus. I was going to say, gee, that's a new one on me. The ferrets are going to get you. You heard it here first, people. Well, you've got you it know, overseas. But... Overseas, they've got rabies, so it might be. could be. A lot of listeners. Madagascar, they might have rabies in ferrets. Maybe. Know. Mate, who knows? Um, and I think the um, yeah, the other things to be saying insofar as just general health around animals, you know, is – and I was saying this to, to one of my mates around it went um, – Sad story. I had to drop off um, some ashes uh, for his for his dog. I had to put to sleep a couple of weeks ago, and said, "You know what? The 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 normal things that people should be doing, i.e., don't sneeze on your dogs, don't let your dogs kiss you because your dogs lick their bums. So even not from a COVID nineteen point of view, just from the fact that your dog, you know, dog and cat for that matter." has enough um, bendability to be able to lick their own bum, probably not a good idea to let them lick your lips at the best of times oh, anyway. Really? So wash your hands after you pat them. And if you're not feeling well, yeah, maybe stay away from them. But if you are positive, um, you know, make sure you keep your pets in as well. You know, don't, don't just go, oh, hang on, you get Arnie Flo to come over and take him for a walk for you because there, there is a, you know, albeit minusculely small chance, yeah. um, you need to make sure you're doing the right thing by everyone else. And you certainly, you know, we shouldn't, there's a little bit of stuff online about people getting rid of their dogs and their pets because they're worried about the risk of contracting the COVID-19 from their pets. And certainly the World Health Organization do not, and we do not, uh, we're obviously higher than who, I would think, mate. Um, who, oh, absolutely. Yeah, who are the you? Who? who are who? you? Who, who? Who, who? Who are you talking about? That's right. And certainly should not be getting rid of your pets in this environment. There is no, there hasn't been a case yet where anybody has caught anything from their dog or their cat or their pet. Um, you know, yet we understand there's a, there's the potential that the original virus came through bats and some other animal, possibly at some uh, initially. Um, but there's nothing at all that says you know you should get rid of your pet. There, there is just no you know the, at this stage, third of April, no known risk at all. So keep them in the house. They're really good for your mental health. It, it is going to be much more likely that you are going to get COVID from taking your pet somewhere to try and give it up for an adoption than what you're <laughs> going to get from the pet. So maybe just keep your pet there and everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's spot on, exactly. And you're much more likely to catch it from another human. So stay away oh, from humans. They're dirty people. Dirty, They're dirty. Dirty humans. Yes, dirty, dirty humans. Also. Sniffly noses and stuff. Hey, and actually, um, have you heard the thing now about how they reckon that it's the loss of sense of smell and sense of taste that is going to be an early sign of um, of people, uh, you know, even before they start showing other um, other symptoms, which is a, an interesting one because um, Reuben broke his toe. And I had to take him in to get an x-ray um, during the week the other day. Yeah. And, the, and one of the questions I asked him was, do you still have a, have your sense of taste and sense of smell? Wow. And I'm, oh, wow, that's a, that's a new one. She's going, oh, yeah, it's new data that's come out. And I'm going, oh, okay, right. I said, no, no, we can both smell and taste perfectly well. Thank you very much. Gee whiz. So was it when you went into the hospital, was it a difficult time to go into hospital, mate? Oh no! Well, we just went to a um a local radiology. Place. Oh, okay, right. Were they all gowned yeah, up, yeah. full 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 mask? Not scary at all. Uh no, no, no. It was fine. It was fine. I think they were more um you know, well the the, the funny part was as we were walking out of the um uh, walking out of taking the X-ray because Ruben's had I got his mouth X-rayed um a couple of weeks ago and he had a chest X-ray a couple of like a year or so ago. And so he was telling the radiographer, "Oh yeah, no, I've had plenty of X-rays. Now this is a good mate, <laughs> you know." It's like makes me sound bad, like I'm like I'm beating my son up. I've got yeah, I've got to come and get all the X-rays done, you know. Um, and as as he's walking, he's gone. Maybe next time I'll get an X-ray of my testicle. And I go, what? Oh, oh, you know, what, what? He said, oh, uh, no, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I might have to try and get a, a, an X-ray of my testicle. I go, an X-ray of your, what? What did you say your testicle? Got? No, no, my intestine. I oh. misheard him because he was he was asking me <laughs> earlier about about small intestines and large intestines because that's the sort of conversations you have with a six year old when you're when you hold up at home, Lewis. Yeah. Um. And it turned out he was saying I'll get an X ray of my intestine, but but the radiographer and I thought he said I'm going to get an X ray of my testicle. Ah, <laughs> uh, Reuben, very good, mate. Very good. So that was interesting. Anyway, so that's so that's about what's happening in the news, you know. So you know. 
same old, same old. You know, don't be, don't be silly. Be smart, and um, you know. But there has been, yeah, one, you know, one sort of question mark Belgian cat, and one, uh, one from Hong Kong. So that makes it, you know, four um, positive tests for animals over the world compared to about nine hundred and fifty thousand in humans. So yeah, you know, they've yes. they've got a way to try and catch up. It's over a million. I think it's over a million now, is it? I'm not sure. Oh, Close I was running. I was I was running from the information I had while I was sitting on the toilet this morning, mate. So yeah. I may have they have changed in that time. You're refreshing. It goes up, doesn't it? It's terrible. Just horrible what's happening around the world. Um, but we might we, we might just take a short break and uh, we'll let you duck in and get a couple of, uh, a couple of chicken nuggets there, mate, and uh, and uh, and then we'll, we'll come back. Want to reduce your out-of-pocket vet expenses? With Gap Only, your pet insurance claim is assessed on the spot while you're still at the vet. You simply just pay the Gap and go. To find your closest Gap Only enabled vet or pet insurance partner, visit gaponly.com.au. T's and C's apply. Visit gaponly.com.au for further information. Alrighty, guys, there yeah, we're back, and Robbie, um, no, no issues with uh, with getting the, uh, the 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 sweet mustard sauce, mate. They're not short on that at the moment. Uh, no, look, I was actually having trouble there, Lewis, trying to uh, decide: do I dip it in the satay, the sweet chili, or the uh, or the plum sauce? You know, <laughs> so uh, so I decided I go, I just I just dip dip my nugget in all three. You know, so I've got. So I like dipping my nuggets in sauce. There's so many different jokes there, mate. We've gone from from intestines to testicles to nuggets and now plums, mate. Yep, yep. And but but, but you, you got you're dipping your nuggets in plum sauce. That's the. Uh, <laughs> that's the that's the trickiest part, especially, you know, I mean, those dishes are pretty small, you know, so you've got to be careful when you're trying to dip your nugget in that you don't you know, spill all the sauce out all over your pants. Right. That's quite a double entendre there, mate. Now, <laughs> I, think, I think that's about a quadruple entendre, isn't it? I reckon we need a disclaimer for that. <laughs> um, all advice and entendres on this show are general or, or can be specific in nature. So please consult your veterinarian or good taste uh, human uh, before following any advice for your pet or your nuggets. Uh, we do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually change, uh, advancing and changing, please let us know if we missed anything or if you've noticed uh, some sauce spilling uh, from your nuggets. Uh, Lewis, right. I wanted to talk about... Um, so, so we were, yes. Well, actually, more importantly, just as everyone knows, with all the COVID stuff we are talking about, extra little disclaimer is, you know, make sure that you, uh, if you're listening to this this podcast and it's a few days down the track, go to WHO, the World Health Organization, for latest information or your local government's health website for the latest update on, on anything that's going on. Stick to some reputable sources for that knowledge and, and information. Stay off the Facebook and the social media yes. with a fake news. Fake news. Sorry, mate. Fake news. Essential fake services. Do you reckon we'll be cleared by Easter? Uh, or is that mm, fake news? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Fake news. Yeah. Uh, so, so we were lucky enough that because uh, yeah, there was a bit of angst in the veterinary industry in Australia um, probably over the last 10 days or 10 days ago or so where we're worrying about are we going to be declared an essential service, which would then mean that you know, we know that even if there are further lockdowns, that then we will still be able to um, able to practice and not even necessarily how we practice, but just are we going to be able to practice? You know, um, will we still be able to open our doors? And, 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 the, and the well, most, impo- from- most importantly, mate, provide care for, for, for sick animals out there, you know? Well, that's the thing, you know, because we, we need – vets need to be able to stop uh, or be able to ease the suffering of animals. So um, so we in the veterinary industry always thought we were an essential service, but when we got the all clear from it, we got, okay, right, so we're an essential service, that's great. Now what sort of services do we provide in that essential service framework? Yep. Now, um, you know, there's been um, – and, and this is – this varies from vet clinics, you know, so I'm not going to, you know, uh, point the finger at some clinics that are doing things differently, whether they're doing more or less or anything like that, because realistically, it's going to come down to what you feel like you can do safely 
um, and what you feel like you can do for your clients, you know, and for their pets, because that's the that's the most important thing. But um, you know, there's we, we've certainly tried to, I guess, streamline what it is that we're doing, given that we are running a lot more inefficiently with being able to do the normal things. You know, I, I don't think there'd be, hopefully, not many clinics that are out there just as business as usual, come on in, we'll have a waiting room full of people and everything will be fine because COVID doesn't exist in this place, you know. I think most places are trying to be a little bit more, you know, um, proactive, I guess you'd say, Lewis, in trying to um, trying to do their community thing. Oh, definitely, mate. Oh, look, it's really... It is. You're right. It's about the community, and um, you know, obviously, we want to do the best by the animals, but we also want to do the best by the community. It's a, uh, it's uh, we are an essential service, and I tell you what, did uh, did you walk tall down the street after f- hearing you were declared an essential service, mate? You know, I I wasn't wasn't sure we'd get there, but but I'm, but I'm pleased we did, and. Um, I think it is important. I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for my T-shirt to get printed where it says I work for an essential service. Well, mainly just so mainly so I can get into um into Coles at eight o'clock and get some hand wash. Well, I'm pretty sure if you got that same T-shirt, you could just pop in a, a uh, or that that fast food chain yeah. you've got there. Yes, and you get I think you get a free medium uh, soy latte, mate. Fantastic! Yeah. That, that, that's that'd be great for my colon too, for my intestine. <laughs> hey, I'm looking out the window right now, and somebody's just walked out of McDonald's with eight little, um, eight little dipping sauce packets. Wow! There you go. That's, maybe they, so, maybe they heard you talking, may, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they thought, geez, maybe I want to dip my nuggets into some sauce. So, <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I certainly would hope that that most vets out there are taking um, a really proactive approach about it, and I would like to think that there aren't any that that are business as usual. Um, certainly we've changed the way we work. You've changed the way you work. Deb's, Deb's work at the university, that's, that's really you know, shut down in that, uh, you know, you wait in the car park, exactly the same sort of situation there on, on, a, on a team roster. I mean, Sam at Advanced yeah. Vet Care, you know, Simon, our mate, um, All Animal Eyes, they're all all the same, just taking as much precautions as we can that the public doesn't mix, essentially. Um, and yeah. we don't mix with the public and become that person who passes on to everyone else. We see that, the, you know, after we've seen that, that COVID human in the morning, we don't want to be passing yes. on to the other 30 other people, owners that we see the rest of the day. So really, yeah. really important, yeah. Yeah, so so what we – so yeah, there's been some advice that's come from the AVO, the Australian Veterinary Association, and also for us being registered in Victoria that we've got from the Victorian Veterinary Board. Um, they've been quite canny. In the way that they've uh, the way that they've described what uh, what different services you can do. I mean, obviously, emergency things and you know uh, managing um, animals in pain, um, which you know certainly you know for in some dental procedures, you know, like we yeah sometimes people will go, oh well, a dental procedure isn't necessarily an um, an emergency thing. Well, you know what? Sometimes they are because sometimes those animals are pretty damn painful. Mm. The question is is you know, are you going to have enough time to be able to do that massive dental in your day while you're, you're going to be busy doing a lot of other things? Um, uh, you know, right down to, um, you know, uh, vaccinations, you know, so I think there are some vaccinations that are going to be essential, you know, like your first um, your first series of puppy vaccinations. I think they are still, you know, very, very essential and we need to be vaccinating those animals in order to get them protected. Um the adult ones, yeah, you know what, you know, you, you've probably got a little bit of, uh, probably a little bit of leeway, you know, uh, a good couple of months up your sleeve before you have to really start getting, um, starting getting worried. Um, things like, uh, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, you know, nail trims and that sort of stuff. If the nails are long and they're causing the dog's pain, then absolutely you need to do them. But if it's just because they're tap tap tapping on your floor, well, that's probably not one that you need to be yeah. rushing in and trying to uh, trying to get it done. So, but things like you know, if your if your dog's got skin infection, sore ears, is lame, um, you know, obviously you have vomiting, diarrhea, that sort of stuff. All of that stuff are, are things that are causing. So, you know, a degree of suffering for your pet. And really, we probably should be doing something about it. Yeah, oh, exactly. And I think if you're not sure, ring up and have a chat is probably the best way to go. Certainly don't just Absolutely. rock up, don't just rock up your vet or, you know, give us a call and have a chat. And be a little bit understanding. I think I had, last week I had somebody come in, uh, was just booked in for a dental check, check their teeth on, the, on their dog. And I looked at the dog and it, it had a little bit of tartar build up. 
um, uh, there was no gingivitis and I sort of said to him, look, you know, perhaps in a normal environment, yes, I would say in the next month or so, well, or next next little while, we probably should clean those teeth, get the tartar settled down, get the get the teeth back to a nice pearly white. But in these current circumstances, um, you know, we won't be going ahead and, and doing that dental and, you know, perhaps get back to us in three months' time and, and you know, it's not really going to be a huge issue for, for your pet. And they only got quite upset. They said, oh, why couldn't you tell me this on the phone? When I put when I made the appointment with the nurse, and I said, "Well, probably the nurse was erring on the side of caution." Yeah, that, right. Uh, yeah. That you know, she wasn't sure if if you wanted, you know, if there was a broken tooth there, um, then yes. that, that certainly that's something. Yeah, a check certainly uh, certainly is warranted. And if there was a broken tooth, we would have changed what we would have done instantly because that's painful. There's an exposed root there. It's if it's uh, if it's broken, so that needs to come out. So so that was before we moved to you know, no, no owners in the clinic, but the owner yeah. was, was quite upset and it sort of, you know, it was a point where I was like, well, I'm, I'm really sorry about that, but they, you know, this, this is the times we're dealing with and, uh, and this is how it is. And it's similar with the kids, you know, the, we've got notes from the dentist and the, um, the orthodontist and that sort of thing. We're not doing, they're not doing anything urgent at this stage at all. Yep. Well, they're yep. not anything no well, well no no, no. you know in ideal world we would scale and polish your teeth but it's not an ideal world um so you know you can delay that for another three months or so yes yeah so um i think in in the end yeah my my thing is always you know, if you're worried enough to think about calling the vet maybe call the vet oh yeah and have it that and and see right well do i do i need to bring my pen in or not, you know, and the nurses will be able, and the receptionists will be able to give you the advice that you need on is this something that we need to see this animal for, or you know what, now look, maybe things will be all right, and let's put in a few other things in place, put some some uh, goalposts, uh, you know, in the in the ground to say right, well, if you're seeing these things, then we need to pull the trigger and get some things done. But at the moment, you know, things might be okay. You know, yeah. it is, it, it's, it's. It's a weird old world at the moment, mate, and we really need to just be a little bit more, um, you know, yeah, sort of understanding of things of going, well, maybe I can't just get absolutely everything done absolutely all the time when I need to when things are, um, yeah, it's so weird. Exactly. That's what I mean. But on a happier note, it's Easter yes. next week. So we're coming to the Easter. Easter. There is, I've seen zero evidence of coronavirus causing problems with the Easter bunny. Um, so I believe Easter is still going ahead. I know it's, I know, I know, um, a certain, uh, president, um, in the United States of somewhere, um, is pretty keen for Easter to go ahead. So, um, I believe it is going ahead everywhere else. Um, also you'll be happy to know that, um, that COVID-19 hasn't affected the tooth fairy, um, as well as a broken toe. Ruben had a tooth fall out yesterday. Yeah, so and she's still also, um, yeah, yeah, the tooth fairy came. Fantastic. So, so tooth fairy. I, I, I reckon if the tooth fairy is still operating, then uh, I'm pretty sure the Easter bunny will be going okay. So, I mean, let's face it, the Easter bunny is going to keep at least a 1.5 metre away from people anyway. So I think we should be good. Uh, the tooth fairy, do you reckon she came in the full PPE and the mask, mate? I wonder if, if she's she's uh, protective. She's certainly wearing the gloves handling those teeth, I imagine. So she's probably already ready for it. Or is it just a tap of the wand and it just is a, an instant change of the tooth to the money? What is she doing these days? That's a really good question. I, I think it used to be the old sack of teeth just sort of slung <laughs> over the back you know, when you get bits of saliva and stuff yeah. through, through the hesh and That's sack. That's not ideal. Down the, down the tooth fairies back and down the back of her calves and stuff, you know. Um, but I think I think times have changed, Lewis. So I think it's it, it probably is a little bit more of a, a hands-off approach. Now, or if it hasn't been, I think it would be now. Yep. So, so I'm sure that there's been some sort of uh, magical intervention come in, um, uh, allowing for a, uh, a, a no-touch to tooth policy for for the tooth fairy you, you'd have to think anyway and i have it on good advice from the from the hong kong authorities they have also they've tested the uh the easter bunny for COVID 19 and he's come up negative so he's definitely he's, he's definitely on his run he's definitely he's definitely making his uh making his his chocolates his, his chocolate easter eggs which is number one on our list isn't it mate of things not to feed to your pets Nice segue, mate. Seamless. Yes, absolutely. Chocolate. Easter. Danger. Yes. We say it every year. That's because we keep seeing dogs with chocolate toxicity. And um, We've been doing be... it for, for two years now. Oh, this is our third Easter, isn't third it? Third Easter. Is it third? Three third years Easter, now. Yeah. Third Easter. Yeah. Oh, third Easter. Um, there you go. Oh, it is too. Um, third Easter. So we're over two years old. That's fantastic. 
that's it's that that's why it's still so so seamless, mate. These segues <laughs> that we that we can come up for with each other, you know. It's so, like uh, you know, just a it's just a finely oiled machine, you know. So chocolate toxicity. If your dog, mate, usually dogs, really cats, your mainly dogs. If your dog eats uh, dark chocolate, it's really really bad. If it eats milk chocolate, it could still be bad. And well, white chocolate's not so bad. So if you if you you come home and the dog has got into all the Easter eggs and the chocolate and that sort of thing, certainly I would be giving your local vet clinic or emergency vet clinic, that's that's certainly an essential service and we would uh, help you over the phone, uh, have the chocolate in your hot little hand, the wrapper, so we know perhaps how much was eaten and what sort of chocolate and then we can uh, sometimes deduce whether that is a toxic dose, whether or not you need to come down and, and uh and have a little bit of a vomit, um, yes. or or whether you even need to go into hospital just to be monitored for for a period of time. So really, really important chocolate toxicity. Absolutely, and uh, lilies. Lilies is always a common one that um, we always bang on about for Easter lilies with cats. Um, you know, it's a disaster if cats get into lilies because there's um, there is a toxin, something that is in those lilies. Um, in the in the stamens, um, in the leaves, um, that causes cats to go into acute kidney failure. So um, best to avoid, avoid, avoid all lilies with cats. Exactly. So, and we don't know it affects some cats more than others, and it can be just that they brush past a lily and get a bit of uh, a bit of the pollen on their fur, and then they lick it off. So, yep, get, keep them out of the house. So, thank you very much for the Easter lilies, and and then uh, and put them in the bin. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. And if you do a, if you're sending flowers to your aunt Flo because she's stuck inside the house with her three cats, um, make sure you don't get the ones with the lilies. Yes, yeah, spot on, mate. Spot on. And also, yeah. gra- grapes and sultanas are bigger this time. They're big in the hot cross buns, aren't they? Loaded yes, up, loaded up crossies. in the loaded up in the buns. And uh, so, yeah, avoid those with with uh, with your dogs again. Uh, they we don't know the what's what's the actual. Uh, toxic ingredient in them necessarily, but we do know in some dogs it can be as little as a few grapes or sultanas, and other dogs it can be a whole stack. So, if your dog has got into some uh, some of the hot cross buns or something, again have a chat to your vet, and we'll talk about maybe we'll make them vomit, maybe we'll talk about putting them on some fluids as a protective um, of the kidneys because it does affect the kidneys too. Can, certainly can do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, also, um, cats, foreign bodies. You know, cats like eating big, long, slender things. Yes. So, you know, things like, you know, little bits of ribbon, you know, little bits of string, you know, if they've uh, pulled at something and they've, you know, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to bat it around and then I'm going to swallow it. It's going to get caught around my tongue. Exactly. It's going to get anchored in my intestine. And then it's going to go through my intestine like a hot knife, Lewis. Yeah, or the the grass you get in the, those hampers, the sort of artificial grassy sort of stuff, or or packing material. They can often play with that and chew on that, and, and same sort of thing. So keep those out of, out of out of reach of your of your cats. Yeah, and and also little things that dogs can chew as well. So you know, if there are little bits of um, you know, little little toy chickens and things like that, or yes. little plastic eggs, you know, um. Be, be wary because, you know, they won't move through. They usually need to come out through a zipper, so yep. in the side of your dog. So uh, avoid those. A bit like the, the nuggets in the sauce, mate, come out through the zipper, you reckon? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, unless you've, unless you've um, had too many of the nuggets and your pants are, pants are split down the middle, then you don't need to undo the zipper. It's fine. You can just uh, just sort of, you know, sort of air, air raid out and then just you know, dip those nuggets straight in there. <laughs> and also speaking of eggs... Yes. Raw eggs, big time. Actually, my neighbour dropped in some of the, the red food dye to dye the eggs up. Um, oh, right. So it made me realise, think about raw eggs. A lot of people like to feed raw eggs to their pets. It can cause yes. salmonella and also biotin deficiency, which we see as you know skin problems, dry coats, anemia, which often, well, the dry coats, often people feed the raw egg to make their coats glow and glisten and, and have a yeah, lovely right. shine to them. But it'll cause well, a dry coat. Anemia and lethargy, so do not feed raw eggs to your, well, dogs. Lewis, are you telling me that Rocky was wrong? You know, I remember Rocky Balboa in the first Rocky. He would, he would you know, Mickey, he's, he's trainer. He just cracked the eggs into the cup and Rocky would just drown them down as, you know, it's so good for boxing, but no good for no good for dogs. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was eggnog, mate. He was making that oh, eggnog. Oh, that was the eggnog, yeah. right. So the yeah. alcohol helped to... Helped to knock out, out the salmonella. Well, it was actually interesting when we went to South America. One of their in uh, it might be Peru or somewhere. One of their 
specialty cocktails is the eggnog. And right. knowing that it's full of raw egg, the kids are wondering, why, why, Mum and Dad, are you going for the happy to have margarita night? That seems okay. But then the eggnog, uh-uh-uh, we're not going for the eggnog, no way. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, we cer- yeah. it certainly weren't a fair for that. And then also there's xylitol, which is a, a bit of an artificial sweetener we sometimes find in, in, uh, in sugar-free lollies or sugar-free goods or sugar-free gum or sometimes even sugar-free peanut butter. Um, yep, so it'd be yep. really important that check for that um, um, on some of your household items because that can cause um, you know it can cause lethargy, vomiting, weakness, and seizures if 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 your dog ingests some some chewy gum that contains xylitol or something yep, like we that. Had a- we had an interesting one uh, a couple of weeks ago, a dog that ate um, the entire, so they were a low sugar um, uh, chocolate brownie um, mix. And so the brownies were made and the dog went and ate all of them, all of them. Um, and so we could sit down and go, right, well, this is how much xylitol's in it. And they're going to go, oh, holy crap, that's a hell of a lot of xylitol that this dog's eaten. Oh, poo. So we had to uh, do some tests on it, you know, initially to make sure that its blood glucose was okay because that's the initial thing that the xylitol will do. It causes um, an insulin uh, release surge. So you get a really low uh, blood glucose, but then after that it can cause uh, toxicity issues with your liver. Dog was fine. Um, Owners were upset that they didn't get to eat their brownies. Um, And I guess it just... It just goes to show that if you're going to eat brownies, um, just get the ones with sugar in them. Um, yes. You know, if you if you don't want to have the sugar-free brownies, then maybe don't have the xylitol ones otherwise. Yeah, maybe just have a carrot. Yeah, and of course, uh, speaking of, of brownies and that sort of thing, a lot of times we have a lot of leftovers this time of year that uh, that you might feed your pets. So just be careful with the really fatty sort of the roasts and the pork and the, the offcuts and the, the hams and those sorts of things that often have a high fat content. And we do know feeding those to your dogs can cause a pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas. So be very careful. Don't don't give the big bowl of, um, of fatty foods down for your dog. And also if there's onions or garlic in the cooking, Avoid that too for 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 your for your it can be toxic for your canine buddies. Yes, yes, no good. It can lead to many problems, and particularly if it happens over the Easter break and you head off to the emergency centre, it can be a very expensive yes, mistake. Yes, as well. And speaking so. of expensive, you can support us on Patreon cheaply. Oh, you sure can. For only $2 a month, Lewis, you can get access to the mystery pod. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Look out for that. That'll yes. be coming up. That'll be uploaded in the next uh, few days or so. Hopefully I'll get around to it. Excellent. But Good go stuff. to go to two, uh, go to patreon.com, two vets talk pets, and you can support us. You can get a t-shirt. We're still sending t-shirts out in this current environment and even stickers. So amazing. We just uh, keep, keep churning them out. Oh, you know, it's, it's, that's because, you know, demand is is almost outstripping supply. <laughs> Look, but Matt, we're almost. doing okay. Almost. almost. We're doing okay. So if you want it, you can have it. You just got to go to patreon.com, sign up, join up with to uh, support Two Vets Talk Pets. Uh, and, uh, yeah, get yourself some Two Vets Talk Pets swag. Exactly. And uh, we do appreciate you guys. But most of all, everyone, all our listeners out there, look, stay healthy. Look after each other. Be kind to everyone. Look after your pet. Be safe. Yeah, and um, and support support a local business too. You know, a lot of a lot of local businesses are doing it tough out there. So you know, uh, you know, buy some takeaway. You know, go and go and buy something that might cost you a little bit more than what it would have done to buy online. But support a business. But stay at home while you do it. Why? But stay at home and do it. Yeah, yeah. Find the find the local business online and exactly. and, and pick it up from them. Deliver yeah. it exactly. All right, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.